Hey, I guess we're back. Uh, it's been a little while, but... Um, Has been a little while. Seem, seems like we're making a podcast. I Sounds like it. Sounds I, like a podcast. It's going to just like show up in people's feeds randomly, and they're going to be like, hey, what... Yeah, they're going to be like, what? I, I don't even remember subscribing to this yeah. podcast. <laughs> like, what, what who, the fuck who is Who are these Trump people? Crouch? What's going on here? Uh, yeah, so we, we got a little busy. It's been about two years since we made a podcast. Um, yeah. Now that we have a lot of home time, we're going to try to make more podcasts. And um, That's we have goal. a lot to talk about. We right? do. We have got a lot of things that we've missed. Two years of content that have been, you know, absent. So, yeah, yeah there's a lot of stuff we can talk about. Uh, but I think for, probably for now, focus on just smaller stuff, you know, Yeah. get back to speed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I mean, like one of the one of the things that I think made the podcast uh, tricky in the past was was that we had a real we felt an urgency to be current and talk about the most current things. And I think while we're still going to talk about current games, our focus is going to be a little broader, maybe going forward. Yeah, I think it's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't know. What's 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 new with you, man? What's what's going on in your life? Um, you know, I've been playing a lot of video games recently. I've had more time than ever right now to game. Uh, Weird. So I know it's strange. Uh, yeah. So I've really like hunkered down and hit these open world games really hard. I've, I played through. I've been playing three different open world games. Completed one of them just recently, and now I'm mm. working on two more. So we'll get to that. I'll get into mm-hmm. the details of that in a bit, but. That's kind of what I've been mostly focusing on. I started playing drums again, which is cool. Yeah. Trying yeah. to like stay in shape because I haven't been too exercisey recently. And so that's right. fun. I'm feeling like better than ever. I remember in the early days, I'd always say, oh, I'm such a zombie right now. That shouldn't be the case now. So you won't hear me say that again. I don't yeah, think. you don't look like a zombie anymore. You you did used to look like the turtle kid, but mm, like... I like turtles. Yeah, just You're a, a great zombie, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan's a great zombie. Uh, he is a great zombie. So what about you? What's new with you? Talk, talk, give, share. Still living in LA, okay. uh, working a lot, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, thank God for that. And also playing a lot of video games. We have, uh, I think, yeah, a lot of video gaming to talk about and maybe some projects that are going to be coming out down the road that we will save for a little bit later. Um, Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. So yeah. we're going to bring Oren Luck out in a, in a few minutes here to talk about some games that we've been playing and what we've been doing and um, our good buddy Oren, always good to have him back. Yeah. Or we always need Oren when we're when we're doing a new maneuver, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. So this is a maneuver because it's the first podcast in like two years. All right. So now that we've got the house cleaning out of the way, should we bring uh, Oren Lock on? Yeah, let's bring him on. Okay. okay. All right, hey, we're back. Welcome, Oren. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, long time no pod, bro. Yeah, what happened? I'm so angry with you. It's okay. <laughs> You're probably not the only person to be saying that. So, I, yeah, we got some hate mail. <laughs> I understand. I, I'm not that. even gonna read the hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm like, I'm super excited to be back. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to give some context. Uh, Aaron has actually been. Uh, DMing me for the past like five years about oh we need to do like this podcast we need to do that podcast and I'm always kind of like uh, 
I don't know if I have time, but like this was like the rare case where I like reached out to Aaron. And I'm like, yo, we gotta do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm super excited to be doing a podcast once again. As am I. It's really yeah. back on track. Yeah. Just you know. Yeah. It's good to no longer be backslidden. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about games and shit. Um, or actually, you know, uh, like uh, yeah. What like obviously we're all stuck at home a lot lately, and uh, I know it, we've probably all been playing open world games. Do you guys think that open world games are sort of the cure to uh, being stuck at home? Yes. Yeah, it allows you to like go out and interact in a world, potentially one with nature and other fun things that we can't see as often. With you know, potential right. uh, Greek bandits or. Yeah, you, you get to go places. Like, you get to see the Parthenon. You get to see, uh, you know, some Japanese temple. You get to hang out in the Wild West. Uh, what what Kevin and I have been playing, I think, a lot of is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which nice. is, like, the, the fucking 19th Assassin's Creed game or something. Yeah. it's all, I don't even uh, know what number it is. Like, seriously, <laughs> I have no know, idea. Who knows? But, like, at this point in the series trajectory, it has fully become The Witcher 3 but the historical like set like I mean as far as I can tell it it's it's very heavily cribbing from that uh, school of thought and I guess also the Mass Effect and to a lesser extent Dark Souls and maybe even some Sekiro in mm-hmm. there yeah I think yeah. it's accurate uh, what do you, what do you what do you think of Assassin's Creed Odyssey game? I'm still pretty glued to it right now I've been playing it for so just for context um, I didn't play a lot of the older games but I I uh, just played Origins and then this one. And I played Origins mm-hmm. for about 70 hours, and I played this one for about 68. But I think it probably is my favorite in the series that I've played. Um, and I did like Origins, so the, the reboot. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty stuck with the game right now. I've, I've, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's a good game for me to play while I'm playing something else, because I don't have to play it for... It's not a game that I feel like I need to play it for like 30 hours nonstop. Like I can play it for like 10 minutes and do like a base, and then go play something else. Or I can come back and play it for like 4 hours. It's a very like accessible game. And that was one that I felt like mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild had. Like, you could just kind of have, like, a small little adventure and then stop, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I think I definitely find myself playing it pretty exclusively currently. Yeah, you're, but, you're um, really. It, it has that element of having, like, bite-size sort of quests where, like, you, you, I mean, which almost to a fault. Like, sometimes you'll go to a town, you'll be like, this guy will be like, hey, I need you to do this thing for me, and you can literally accept complete and turn in the quest within five minutes it's like okay i kind of like that though like it's so something i love about that game is it's so video gamey like it's like video gamey mm-hmm. to like ridiculous levels which i like like you can loot you can like mine ore while moving on a horse and you can like pick stuff and just compared you to the can mine and hunt at the same just, time exactly just and compared to playing uh, red dead where everything is so sluggish like it's the exact opposite yeah yes <laughs> and um you know yes. like red dead 2 is a great game and i'm like that's not what i'm talking about right now but like it's just playing them it's like it's like going from mud to quake like it's just so funny because like red dead is mm-hmm. like everything in red dead slow not even just like doing things like the way your character moves like the way then you pull out a gun everything takes time and has weight to it and whereas assassin's creed it's like you're mm-hmm. you can like be running and then immediately parry enemy like and you just press two buttons and you're parrying boom you know so yeah. it's just yeah i don't know I, I really like that about it and it's it's very fun to like just kind of jump in and play it and fight enemies and I love the characters and the settings. Obviously, you know, I, it's gonna be hard to top that for me. The uh, Odyssey setting and Origins, really, both of them. 
Right. Uh, I I really like the use of um like I the branching storylines, the ability to sort of like craft your own quest yeah. is not something that I've been a huge fan of in the past, but like it's here just enough that like it kind of gives you the feeling like yeah you, you can play like you can role play Cassandra or Alexios if you choose Alexios but you shouldn't um, <laughs> the way that you want to do it like you can kind of like put a little bit of like like I have a very good idea of who my Cassandra is like she's kind of a like a noble mercenary but she kind of does some some shiesty shit from time to time but like for the most part she's like a good person and like I, I, have, I have like a pretty good idea of how to play her and how she's going to respond to a situation. Mm-hmm. And the game gives you a good ability to kind of do weird shit. Like sometimes you can like overthrow like the local governor of a town. Yeah. And then yeah. by sheer like chance of like that, like, that'll be the quest, right? Overthrow the governor of a town, the government of a town. And there's a new governor comes up and then you can go find that governor on your own time and kill him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can kind of like play it however you want. And it's like. I don't know. I'm enjoying it. It's it's not something that I, I have a history with. Like I've always, I did like Mass Effect, but I didn't play the other Mass Effect games, and I never really got into Bioware games in general. So I don't have, Ooh, I don't have that history of doing that. I know. You, you should yeah. you should go back and play them. I mean, they still hold up, for sure. But but I actually wanted to ask about Assassin's Creed Odyssey because um, I'm interested in it, but I get nervous playing it because I've just heard rumors about it's too bloated, it's too Ubisoft. Mm. Uh, open world checklist but based on what you're saying it sounds a lot more dynamic than that and when I saw the uh, recent Ubisoft conference the recent Ubisoft stream uh, I was watching the Assassin's Creed Valhalla stream and for the first two minutes I thought I was watching The Witcher this is is The Witcher 3 (laughs) I just played this game this is The Witcher 3 So so do you think compared to the earlier Assassin's Creed games do you think the game even really retains that identity or is it just kind of going this full open world RPG sort of style? I Well, I'll let Kevin answer this more in depth because I did not play the earlier Assassin's Creed games, but the thing I will say in relation to the bloat, there is a lot of stuff to do and there is checklists, but the game does a really good job of hiding that from you and kind of like you can really play it like you could you can play it with the interface set up in such a way that you're looking at these checklists and you're just literally running from waypoint to waypoint which i think is not how you should play any open world game or you can play it where you have to go to your map to see what the mission objectives are and what and you have to use your map to find where the mission is at and you have to do a lot of internal problem solving to to complete these quests um and like more than anything the thing that makes it so that all this this massive amount of content doesn't feel overwhelming or redundant is that the combat is really fun. It, For you sure. know, attacking camps is really rewarding and offers a lot of different uh, strategies and stuff like that. So it, like, there's just a lot of ways to play the game and, and it's, it's pretty, pretty deep combat and, and game mechanics. Like, so that like, it doesn't feel like you're playing an MMO and you're just running from fetch quest to fetch quest. If that's, but Kevin, do you want to speak to that? Yeah, in terms of like uh, the <clears throat> like the narrative identity of it, it's definitely not Assassin's Creed because the, the Assassin's Cult's not even in the game like at all. Oh, um, for sure. But in, in context of like the game itself, I would say like if you play, I don't know if you played Origins, but it's very much in that line. It's like in that style of like open world game. But the thing I guess that I don't know to me sets it apart from I get, I haven't played enough Witcher to 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 speak like in depth on that, but. Um, the, I feel like Odyssey. But you played Mass Effect. 
I play Mass Effect, yeah, and it definitely has a lot of that. It doesn't have, like, um, villain or good points that Mass Effect has. Like, Mass Effect has the Renegade or Paragon. It doesn't have that, which I right. like, because I actually don't want to be measured by my actions by some, like, weird, you know, by some metaphysical arbitrary meter. Yeah. That, like, yeah, like what, sure. it, what does this even mean? Um, but, right. And I, I know why it was in Mass Effect, because that was, like, a continuation of the Sith points from KOTOR. But uh, in, in context of Mass Effect, I think it's almost like... I think if you were to ask... Or Mass Effect, sorry. Assassin's Creed, if you were to ask someone, like, what is Odyssey about? I think you'd get a different answer for every person. Because, like, it's kind of like a oh, huge nice. play field for, like, oh, I'm, like, a secret assassin person. Or, like, oh, I'm actually... I just sit back and snipe everyone. Or, like, oh, I like to go in and, you know, slice everyone up. Like, it kind of lends itself to a lot of play styles. And I think that's mm-hmm. the strength of it, in, for, in my opinion, compared to The Witcher. Because I feel like The Witcher was much more of, like... You have to play it this way. Like, if you want to defeat this enemy, you have to drink this potion, and then you do this. And you, like, it's much more about yeah. like solving a problem in your way. And like, the story stuff is fun, but like the gamer like experience story of like, oh, I had this base and this great experience. Like, all this stuff happened. That's what I really like about Odyssey. And like, I think that's to me what sets it apart from Witcher. But then again, like, we always joke on this podcast that we always like hate in The Witcher, but we like don't actually hate on it at all. We just haven't played it. <laughs> so like, <laughs> well, you haven't. I have. I mean, I played I, yeah. a little bit. But like uh, Josh and uh, Josh and I used to like always jokingly bash it, but we actually have no beef with it. We like I actually have a lot of respect for the game. I, I haven't played it yet. I will probably eventually play it. But yeah, it's the, not to like derail the conversation and talk about The Witcher too much. But um, I actually made a point this pandemic to be like I am going to sit down and play The Witcher Three because I've tried to. I've tried to play it so many times. Me too. I, I've tried it four or five mm. different times. I've tried to play it, and I just, I always bounce off it for some reason. Well, well, I I find I guess six times the charm because I finally <laughs> sat down and I played through the whole thing, and the DLCs, and 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 I get and I get it. It's I don't know how to describe it. It's something about the quests and how they're designed that's kind of the X factor with that game mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. Because quests never evolve the way you think they're going to evolve, which I think is kind of that. That's what makes that game so compelling. Because, for example, in in most open world games, there will be a quest where it's like, oh my gosh, there's this Mongol outpost or whatever. That's kind of a reference to another game. It's like <laughs> you have to go there and you have to kill all the Mongols, and you go there and you kill the Mongols, and that's the end of the quest. Um, <laughs> but in The Witcher, it would be like, oh my gosh, there's like a, this werewolf haunting this town and you're like okay i gotta go and kill the werewolf but then you find out that the werewolf is actually uh connected to like uh he's a lover to a person in the town and that person doesn't want the werewolf to die but and then like you find out this whole drama that you weren't even expecting you thought you were just gonna kill a werewolf but there's this whole giant conflict happening right it's like like that's kind of the yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you that have, and the thing you have agency in how that unfurls, right? Like you can decide exactly what happens. Yeah. So right. Odyssey has that to a degree. I think that's kind of what they were going for. Like in comparison to Origins, I always joke that in Assassin's Creed Origins, like anytime you do a mission, they're like, "Oh, the town's being poisoned," or like, "There's it's always a conspiracy of evil bandits." There's always like an evil bandits sure, like who are sure. so. In that regard, like it doesn't have that which I like because the conspiracy of evil bandits was just always tiresome and like almost like a trope. Like I in that game, so like I think it's cool in Odyssey. I doubt the writing is at the level of The Witcher, though. I, I would say it's probably not, but I think to add on to what kind of both of you said, like one thing I really do like about Odyssey is like is that it does a good job with the role playing, like you playing the role of Cassandra or Alexios. You can really 
both with the gameplay and with the quests and how you respond to the quests, like craft a personality and watch them kind of be consistent or grow or change throughout the course of the game. And the game gives you a lot of flexibility to do it in different ways, both mechanically, but also narratively, which I think, and I think they work really well together. They do, I agree. um, Which which is what makes that game work so well is that like all of the different flavors uh, add up to a really like well-balanced dish instead of like, I think a lot of these older open world games, you get like kind of, it's like this, you know, tuna finish and peanut butter kind of combination where like you got a lot of flavors, but they that don't work disgusting. together. Like, yeah, yeah. All the flavors in Assassin's Creed Odyssey are like coming together in a really good, harmonious, holistic way. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. great to hear. Uh, I w- you, yeah, I'm actually interested in playing it now. You should so. check it out. I think you'd like it. If you like, I, I mean, if you like, it sounds like, I think it'd be up your alley. For and sure. the main character yeah. is very compelling. At least Cassandra. I can't mm-hmm. speak for Alexios. I, I didn't like him too yeah, much. Yeah, fuck Alexios. Fuck Alexios. No. Oh. So, so, so speaking about that, have you guys heard about the Ubisoft controversy yes. with that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that that's fascinating. It, it To me, like, it makes sense because I started off as Alexios and I played for him about for about four to five hours. And he just, I don't know, he just didn't click with me for one reason or another. And I re-rolled Cassandra and I was like, oh, this is so much better. Like she's, and knowing that she was supposed to be the main character, like it makes sense that she's a more developed character. Like she's more interesting. Should we, should we rewind and like give context as to that controversy for people? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, Yeah. Based on what I know, based on what I read from that Kotaku article, originally it was going to be just Cassandra. But then they got pressure from upper management saying, like, you have to have a male option because uh, a full female game won't appeal to the masses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I know from that article. So. Yeah. Right. Apparently, there's a long history of, of uh, people, the higher, you know, the brass at Ubisoft making sure that, like, kind of just misogynistic uh, business practices and policies in their in their internal work culture, but also... Making sure that yeah, there's there's always a male star to these games, and it, which I think Jason Schreier pointed out. Like, look, yeah. we just had uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn sold like 15 million copies, and that's got a female protagonist. The Last of Us Two is like the best-selling game in the history of the PlayStation Five, and that has four, as far as I understand, uh, or five. <laughs> not, yet, five. not yet, not <laughs> yet. I almost said three, so I mean, that's that was what Closer. I used to do. I was used to mix up the third, but yeah. Um, so yeah, like obviously women protagonists work all right. My understanding is that Cassandra was only picked by players 25% of the time, which is kind of a bummer because she is I think if you watch the comparisons on YouTube, she's a much better actor. Like like it's you get a really different presentation of the game. So maybe it's not bad. Like if you play as Alexios, it's kind of a slapstick goofy quality to everything he does and it makes the game seem a little more cheesy whereas Cassandra has a lot of depth and I, it, both to the acting and I would say to the like the physical um, puppetry of the, the dude the Alexios looks so funny oh my god whenever he talks I'm like this guy looks like he does look like a puppet or something he looks so silly yeah and he still shows up in the game so you still get to you still experience see Alexios yeah you still get to see him yeah, but <laughs> I don't have a beef with him but, but yeah I, I completely agree with you <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well let's let's uh let's move on to death stranding kevin you've been playing a little bit of that you want to talk about that Oren? you also played death have stranding, you played Oren? Right? yeah 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 it's um i, I made a video essay on it oh, um, i i haven't beaten it yeah, yet so my, no spoilers i'm still working through it yeah oh. my my thoughts on it are like very uh i feel like i appreciate the intent more than i appreciate the actual product if that makes sense mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i think that's like that's a pretty status quo opinion but 
at the same game at the same time the game is so polarizing that uh it's it's like the last of us part two it's the kind of game where uh you give that game to 10 different people and you'll get 10 totally different reactions Mm -hmm. you'll get people saying it's so boring and so lame and then you'll get someone saying it's so indulgent and then you'll get somebody say oh wow this is the most meaningful artistic experience i've had in gaming so it's 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 really that kind of game Hmm. um interesting very similar to like watching a tarkovsky film like Mm -hmm. i actually uh saw stalker in a movie theater with a few people oh nice and it was like the same thing like one person was really engaged another person fell asleep another person was super (laughs) bored so it's Mm. it's like a tarkovsky film if it were a video game almost it just evokes all those reactions but Hmm. anyway how do you what do you think of it kevin um i really like it so far i i i guess i'd be one of the people who loves it i i like i keep getting like visual and and just senses of mgs5 when i'm playing it like it just reminds me of it a lot and a lot of like the way the gui is presented and just obviously it's the same team it's particularly metal gear solid 5 but like the actual gameplay itself is very different um in a lot of ways but it has still callbacks to metal gear in like weird ways which is cool um uh, to me, it's kind of like changed how I, I... I don't know, this sounds like pretentious, but I feel like it's kind of changed how I look at open world games because like, I, I feel yeah. like they solved a lot of the problems of open world games because there's always things to do. There's always packages to grab. And like there's always like things that you can... There's always like things that you can do in, in, in a way that I haven't seen in a game before, an open world game. Hmm. Um, for sure. For and it, sure. it also, like at first I was like, delivering packages, that's going to be boring as hell. Like I don't want to do that. But I know, obviously, I played the game and I tried it. Um, and I was like, I've already been doing this for years. Like, I've already been playing, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I go and get a sword for someone or I go grab an item. Like, it's not, it's nothing new. Like, delivering things for people, NPCs and video games is not a new concept at all. I've been doing that forever. I, it's just in a more literal, partial sense in this game. Um, and the, because, like, the way the game's designed, the way you move and interact with the world, it's very, like, the environment is, like, your enemy more than anything else. And I actually really like that about it because, like, it really gives, like, like you see, like, a big valley ahead of you with, like, crevices. It's like, shit, this is going to be, like, tricky. Like, how am I going to do this? Mm. Whereas, like, you know, if you're playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you just hold A and run through it and forward stick. You just run through it, you know? It's not a problem. You just, it's, it's not an issue. So it, it really, like, it's it's an open world game with emphasis on the world and the interactions with the world. And I really like that about it. I think that's, like, a really cool new thing. So It's yeah. also interesting that it adds, like, non-violent gameplay mm-hmm. that ma- right. that's that's fun like that's i mean huge. i've walked through like a riverbed where you have to jump from rock to rock and make sure that you don't slip and you know crack yeah. your head open like yeah. that is a real thing like yeah. you don't people don't just run across landscapes like they're by just pressing forward so i i appreciate that they've i i haven't i've only played a little bit of the game so i'm just briefly commenting but like like i appreciate that they've made a mechanic out of that that's that's interesting and doesn't involve killing people because I, I as i i think i've said a lot on these podcasts that i i think that you know i enjoy shooting people in the head but i also enjoy other things <laughs> this, that game i feel like is a strongly critical of like violence in video games and in, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and like vi- violence in gun violence in general it seems pretty like strongly like kojima's like uh you know worldview is pretty i think prevalent in that game and like it's it's yeah it's built through the whole story and everything about that game is all about, I think, that. So you'll, I think, Aaron, you'll probably enjoy that element of it, which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to add a, a couple of other thoughts to uh, kind of going back to what you were saying about, like, you see, like, 
all these like sharp rocks and like in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you just press A to run forward. I think it is really interesting how that game gamifies just traversal, traversal. right? Yeah, it it, it is pretty it is pretty amazing. It kind of makes you think about oh my gosh, there's so many possibilities to video games, but we just always go back to the same gameplay loop yep. of shooting mm-hmm. somebody or slicing them, <laughs> <laughs> or slicing them. Even even Mario games have violence if you think about it. They do, so, yeah. Defeating enemies, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just uh, it's interesting playing a game that completely breaks from that. Um, the other thought that I had was I read this really interesting Slant magazine article about um, about Death Stranding. It was the review, I think, and it, it talked about how it, during the apocalypse or during the, during the end times, Death Stranding is about the meaning of just actual literal work, and mm. I and I think that game does capture that because. You know, I, I, I've worked jobs where you're just kind of, I'm just kind of doing manual labor. And there is like, there is something kind of therapeutic about that. Yeah, there and is. And mm-hmm. meaningful about that, as opposed to like sitting behind a computer and, you know, doing spreadsheets. So, <laughs> it, it, you know what I mean? Completely so it's, agree. It's, Completely so, agree. So it's inter- yeah, so it's interesting to play a game that actually kind of aspires to like Kojima's literally telling you take a step back so and don't shoot that person in the head <laughs> actually like do something meaningful so to speak so. and uh, to build on that so the in the game this is something you'll find it's not a spoiler when you when you play the game you get likes for, for doing things it's like your xp it's how you build right. your character i because of the current time period i got some food delivered and uh it was like from uber eats or something and they were like do you like this and i was like whoa this is so weird like i just got a package delivered and i'm gonna give him a thumbs up and like it's so like i'm literally doing that in this game right now like it, it gave me this weird like appreciation of like delivery people and like maybe they get some sort of like you know a little happiness from delivering things too like maybe that's i, I don't know I, it's a perspective i hadn't considered before and i think that's a, that's a pretty cool thing yeah, that's that's pretty neat. I, I don't know. You're just this brief conversation is making me go like, "Hey, maybe I should like play it again." <laughs> um, so. Like, I also wanted to talk a little about the online play because it's all about like bridging people together. No pun intended. Um, and it's like I you can build things to allow traversal to be easier for yourself, but it also is reflected in other people's world as well. And like you can see, like the, mm. it'll say, like this person used your bridge, or like you know did did whatever, and like it's weirdly like oh this is satisfying to like log in and see that, like see who did what, and like how many likes they give my different buildings, like it's yeah. like Dark Souls, it's right? like Dark Souls, but like it's, it's like the, the next level, of it. it's like an evolution okay. of it. I, it's like I haven't again, I haven't seen like something in the game before. Like it's definitely hmm. built on that system, but like it's it's gone further than, than Souls even does. So hmm. I think it's really cool. Like I don't know, I, I'm very like I said, I'm very stuck with that game. Like. Between that and Odyssey, I'm kind of getting like you know massive open world time. But I, I'm I'm really loving Death Stranding. I also really like Norman Reedus. I think he's he does a great job in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of interesting because Death Stranding just recently came to PC. So I wonder if that game's just gonna like really blow up now and have just like a huge community. Yeah, that's how I'm um, playing it. So hmm. and yeah, I, it's the thing. One more thing about that is because it's 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 fresh on PC. Everyone's it's like when you first start a Souls game. Everyone's in the same areas of the game at once. So there's a lot more like interaction in that area currently. So like I think sure. playing the game like a year from now would be a different experience than it is to playing it right now on PC. 
Oh, so I should play it right now. You probably should. If you if you're interested in the online portion of the game, I would say play it now. Like don't like don't right. don't like go into debt buying it. But <laughs> I would say. Well, I already I already I already yeah, own it. Yeah, then I would say play it now because you'll get you'll Going definitely get. <laughs> yeah, don't don't break the bank, but you'll definitely get. I think uh, a different experience. I think it's it's like you know when you start a Souls game fresh. Like it's definitely yeah, new yeah, and yeah. different than it is if you play it a year later. Okay, so I'll, I'll try to put time. I'm still very. Very sucked into Odyssey, but yeah, I'll probably do that. Um, but uh, speaking of open worlds, Oren, you've been playing Ghosts of Tsushima. Yeah, tell me about it. I feel like you've yes, had yes, kind of a I roller am. coaster I thing know. going on there. Tell yeah, me about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing about Ghosts of Tsushima. It, it has all the hallmarks of things I don't like in video games. Like, it's a checklisty open world game in the vein of the early Assassin's Creed games. Okay. And just that alone, I was like, this is not for me. And then on top of that, I was listening to the Giant Bombcast recently, and Alex Navarro was talking about it, and he said, because I was kind of interested in the fact that it was influenced by Akira Kurosawa, Seven Samurai, Yeah, that was cool, too. Yeah, I was really interested in that. But um, Alex Navarro on the podcast said, oh, it's really superficial how it's done. It's not really well done. So I was... I was like very cautiously going to buy this game because I'm like, okay, there's two red flags. Like, there's no way I'm going to like this. And and I just bought it and I haven't been able to put it down. I don't know what it is. It has like an X factor. Like, I'm having an absolute blast with it. I don't know. Like, mm. Something about the combat, um, mm. just the way the open world is designed. Like, it's designed in a way, it kind of has that Breath of the Wild flavor where you'll just do a task. And then you'll just see like another task on the horizon or like um, there's some this mechanic that happens in the game where you'll be riding and like a little yellow bird will fly next to you. And if you follow that yellow bird, it will lead you to some sort of side activity. So mm. so it's just it's just like this really pleasant loop of just constant side activities that are very that are very uh, relaxing or fun to do. And speaking of relaxing, the game is like video game ASMR or something because you're playing the game and you just see these amazing vistas constantly everything's so windswept Mm. it's so Mm. stylized it's like playing Journey if Journey were an open world game it's just like yeah the Mm. the game is just uh, it's just uh, an an endorphin rush or something I'm just constantly just happy playing that game and it's really not a game that I thought I would like but it feels great to play and I kind of want to just play it right now uh <laughs> so i might play it after this podcast That's because it. <laughs> <laughs> so i feel like, about stranding same way yeah it's the classic right there the, yeah play it after the podcast endorsement yeah um i have so i have so much good to say about it i mean like the the story is it's weird because the story is not that great but at the same time mm. it's like a total batman story because mm. it's about this samurai who is kind of has this conflict about honor and whether he should become more of like a ninja and kind of forsake his honor to fight the mongols and mm. there's a total one of the uh, the the cons is uh the villain and he's like basically the penguin from the arkham games he's just like a mustache twirling <laughs> villain it's like a total batman game but set in japan huh. and i'm so here for it and <laughs> It's it's just it's so good, and on top of that, like your legend grows, so you feel like like 
like as your legend grows in the game npcs react to you differently kind of like the infamous games it's made by sucker punch oh yeah Ugh, i'm just i'm just like a stream of good things about this game i let i, I don't want to fall into hyperbole but i'm like enjoying this game just so much more than i thought i would <laughs> nice nice so i want yeah. to ask a little about the combat like what is it what would you compare it to Sekiro. Okay. It's like Sekiro, it's like Sekiro meets Assassin's Creed. It even does the uh Makiri counter oh, from really? Sekiro. Okay. Um mm-hmm. like a spear will be thrust at you and you'll see like an orange light and you have to press the O button, which is literally just straight out of Sekiro. Oh yeah. Um is it easier though? Cuz Sekiro's like demands absolute excellence. Well, Sekiro like bro- broke me, honestly. <laughs> like I was playing the Demon of Hatred. Yeah. And it's the hardest boss I started- in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I started playing him, like, on a Friday afternoon, and I didn't beat him until, like, Sunday afternoon, and that's considering that I spent most of the day Saturday playing Sekiro, (laughs) so I went through the whole five stages of just, like, depression and anger (laughs) and bargaining, like, like, what does it mean in my life if I can't beat the Demon of Hatred? (laughs) So, um, am I worth anything? So there's nothing like that. There's okay. nothing like, I mean, I'm, I'm like about, I want to say a third of the way through the game. So who knows? There could be a difficulty spike. I'm also playing on hard mode. Okay. Um, and I have died a lot, but there hasn't been a lot. There hasn't been a time where I felt like a boss was going to break me like the orphan of costs or like the <laughs> demon of hatred or Isheen. So, uh, yeah, um, seriously. I also I also played Neo two recently and that one's like not like as hard as Sekiro. That's how hard Sekiro is. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Sekiro is like Soul or Soul Caliber, Dark Souls level one difficulty. Like it's like extreme <laughs> oh, challenge. Yeah. Especially the Demon of Hatred yeah. is just pure frustration for I haven't me. Tried it took me like thirty Demon tries to beat that boss. Oh, I think mm-hmm. it's. I mean, I probably if I, if I played most of my day on Saturday like fighting it. Like, it must have taken me, like, 70 or 80 times. <laughs> Dude, now that I'm on New Game Plus in that game, I still, like, I got back to him, and I'm like, I'm not going to even fight him. Like, I don't even want to fight him again. It's not even fun. Like, I don't even want to do it. Yeah, it's mm. it's it's so funny, because it's, like, I know we're, like, drifting away from Ghost of Tsushima, but, like, it's... The thing about Demon of, of Hatred is that the play style that you fight the Demon of Hatred isn't even the play isn't style Sekiro. of the game. I know. That's why he's so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Bloodborne mechanics yeah. in the Sekiro game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ghost of Tsushima is just so much fun. Just a, a sumptuous, intoxicating ex- experience and... I really feel like it does do the open world checklisty thing, and it is Kurosawa light. But despite those two things, like it, it's a it's ticket. It's I just want to play it right now. So <laughs> tell me this. Yeah. Do you, this is a question for both of you guys. Do you think I was thinking about the checklist thing? That's a really common criticism I always hear. And I was like, it's almost like a quest in a, in, a, in an area. It's kind of what it is. Like do this, mm-hmm. do this, do this. Like is it any different than getting a quest from an NPC and then doing it in that area? well like is it i guess is it is it so bad i like i'm not trying to like vouch for it i'm just trying to say like is it sure. as bad as, as people say checklist well, i have thoughts on it but Oren, let's let's hear what yours are yeah sorry i'm eager to jump in it's just well the reason why i have a beef with it is uh and i guess listeners won't like this but 
I played Horizon Zero Dawn and I beat it. <laughs> played the whole whole game and I like thoroughly didn't enjoy my time with it. And I think <laughs> like I don't know what it was about the open world and how it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. Ghost of Tsushima I feel like does it so much more because like uh, so much better because I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn. And all of the signed content, like, takes, first of all, it takes forever to do. Like, it's not very, like, snappy. Mm. And there's, like, too much HUD. Uh, just the way the open world's presented was, like, kind of a headache. It's like, oh, here's all this stuff I have to do. I got to the point where I just started ignoring everything. And uh, mm. I just didn't enjoy that game. And I kept playing it, waiting for it to get better. But it just never clicked with me. But um, Ghost of Tsushima... I don't know what it is, but, like, all the activities don't take that long to do. Like, you'll just kind of, like, see a shrine and be like, oh, I can climb that. And it takes you, like, two minutes to climb. And you go to the shrine, you get the upgrade, and then you come back down. And then you see, like, a fox, and the fox leads you to, like, another shrine. You get an upgrade there. And then you see a Mongol outpost. It takes you, like, ten minutes to conquer that. It's just, like, the way uh. it all blends together is just so, has such a nice flow. So it sounds well, like right. it is really an Assassin's Creed game. You're right. It really does sound like that. Yeah. 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 It's... Hmm. At the end of the day, you're doing, like, the same, like, seven or eight things over and over again, but I guess the, just the way it, like, flows. Even, like... And there's, like, this really great emphasis on kind of meditation in the game um, where... And just, like, peace... You'll, you'll just kind of go to um, like a little corner on the side of the river and you can just craft a haiku hmm. or you can or you can just kind of uh, go to like a hot spring and it's kind of cool because when you go in the hot spring you get like a maximum health upgrade but you don't just go in the spring you also reflect on like a plot event that happened oh, so like cool. you like you choose to like what to reflect on it's just the game doesn't always I guess it's the whole death stranding thing of the game isn't always about violence it's also about just kind of being one with nature being one with the environment Mm -hmm, being mm -hmm. at peace and that sort of emphasis like is really just so soothing and it's it's just such a great balance from all the like the violent encounters that you have in the game and i never got that from horizon zero dawn i mean i know there are people that love that game and that's totally fine if you love it but I just never felt um, that sort of immersion. And also, like, in Ghost of Tsushima, there's almost no HUD. So you get totally mm. absorbed with it. Um, yeah, I only have good, thing to, good things to say about it. I don't know if it would be, like, my game of the year, but it's definitely the most fun I've had in an open world game. Probably really? since Yakuza, Yakuza 0. Oh, nice. Like, would you put uh, it on your games of the generation list? maybe i i just did my games of the generation list and i felt really good about it but maybe like ghost of tsushima might knock out something that's we'll how i feel about generation it's not generation's over not over quite yet yeah we got till january yeah cyberpunk yeah. hasn't come out that's that's definitely still this gen although i guess it's, it's kind crossed, of crossed but, but yeah um, it is uh, I think we'll probably do a podcast exploring that. I also did a list which I tweeted, and you can look at and see how it changes when I when I talk about it again in the future. <laughs> but uh, you're selling me on, that, on Ghost of Shima, though, and I do I I do want to try it. Yeah, it I'm good. hoping for like the potential. I'm hoping that Horizon sells well enough on Steam that I can buy it on Steam. Yeah, just because I like to play it there. But yeah. I'm gonna hold out a little bit longer and see if they release it. 
but it sounds great. I have a PS4 Pro, so I could play it there as well. Right, get that 4K presentation. Yeah, um, I just want to answer that question you had about because I think there is a, a problem with checklists, but part of it, it's really a presentation problem, mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons why I think that Assassin's Creed, even though it has, you could you could argue it has checklists, and you could have the UI set up in such a way that it has it, it doesn't strike me as a problem. Like I think a lot of these games took uh, MMO design, particularly World of Warcraft, and sending you on these sort of like dopamine circuits where you do a thing you get a reward you do a thing you get a reward you do a thing you get a reward Mm -hmm. and you just start doing these kind of meaningless tasks and you're just jumping all over the map and particularly in open world games you will fast travel a lot Mm -hmm. right and then the world doesn't even mean you're skipping the world you're skipping all of the immersive qualities that an open world game would allegedly give you um i think if you play these games in a much more deliberate focused way that that i think assassin's creed odyssey allows you to and i think some other games do i mean i think like prey is a great example of a game that that lets you do this where you're just kind of living in the world and you're like solving problems and like you're not skipping really quickly from like you know reward to reward to reward and just cheapening the rewards and cheapening the world by skipping through it like I think that that's how you overcome the, the quote unquote checklist problem. I also think maybe you don't have a billion fetch quests. Mm. They're, they're okay as long as the, the, the time that I was the most offended by fetch quests was the, like the fifth Skyrim one where they were like, I need to grab this chalice for me. It's in the bottom of another Nord uh, ruin. And it's like, I did that like 15 different times and it was like the same thing, yeah. the bottom of like the ruin every time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, th- that's actually one thing that Ghost of Tsushima does really well is um, when you go to like the uh, question mark on the map, it isn't like a guy saying, go to this shrine, you'll find an upgrade. You just find the shrine and you just go up the shrine and you get the upgrade like like the question mark is the activity. You don't have to get find an NPC to be like, go to this thing mm-hmm. to do this. And I think mm-hmm. that's part of what makes it so much fun. Um it feels more dynamic in that regard. Yeah. 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 So, it has like, I haven't really played Breath of the Wild, but like, it seems like it has that flavor of that. Cause I think Breath of the Wild does that too, where you just kind of like go to a location and the activity is the location. Like, when yeah. you get there, that is the thing that you do. The like, thing you that's don't amazing. Have to trigger the quest. Exactly. So. Like, Breath of the Wild, you'll just see something that's like, what is that? And you just go to it and that's whatever it is. It's like, there's always something different that you don't recognize. And then, like the distance, like, or you want to go investigate it, and then it'll usually be a thing that you can do. Nice, which nice. Is really cool. I really gotta play it. I gotta buy a Switch. I'm just like, I just need to buy a Switch. You know, forget the Xbox Series X and the PS5. I just need to <laughs> buy a Switch. <laughs> <A> switch. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I, I really quickly I want to touch on Valorant, which I've probably spent a couple hundred hours playing since uh, April. It is a online. CSGO style uh, 5v5 competitive shooter um, it's a lot of fun it can be very addictive and uh, I don't know I don't really know how much I, I might bring uh, Josh on to talk more about that because I think he would have a lot to say but uh, it's pretty cool I think check it out like the thing that that struck on me the most from playing a lot of that game is how much uh, I really appreciate Counter-Strike Go <laughs> like I'm like Valorant's good but like Counter-Strike Go is the better game um, but they're both like really fun like there's something about being locked into a match that lasts you know 35 minutes and like you know you're you're, you have a rank on the line or something that's like super tense and involving and uh sometimes a little too tense and involving but but fun Hmm. i need i need to get more into like csgo and those kind of shooters because 
Yeah, I'm, I've kind of turned into a single player. All, I've just gone full single player loner these days. Mm. So and, have I. Uh, well, not entirely, but somewhat. Yeah, I, I should I should play more multiplayer games. The last multiplayer game that I really got into was Apex Legends. So, um, right. I'm not gonna lie though. After watching that Microsoft conference, I am like definitely kind of interested in Halo. Um, yeah, so am I. Because it just yeah. it looks like such a throwback, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that looks like so much fun. It looked like everything I wanted <laughs> the next Halo game to be. Like if they were like, what would what do you want Halo to be? What, what is Halo to you, and what do you want it to be? I'm like, oh, I want Halo One. I want the open world big exploration dream of like what Halo Two should have been, in my opinion. You know, this big right, expansive right. large map explore, go fight stuff, that kind of thing. So you know, Halo Far Cry or whatever that's whatever that game will be looks like what yeah. I want. I mean, hopefully it's more open world. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I mean, I don't know. After replaying these Master Chief Collection games that have been re-released, uh, I'm think I think the the original Halo might be the only good one. I, I'm not sure, but uh, oh, I kind of I kind of agree with that. I mean, like yeah. Yeah, I I actually remember being a kid, and I was, like, a huge fan of the first Halo. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I played Halo 2, and I finished the campaign, and I was like, that's it? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly, that's completely my experience yeah, to a but, T. Yeah. And, like, yeah. also chasing the dragon of, like, continuously hoping that Halo 3 was going to be like Halo 1. Halo Reach was going to be Halo 3 ODST, right? And then Halo Reach. Like, none of them were ever the magic that Halo 1 was to me and i always was yeah. hoping for that and it never happened so if halo infinite is that even if if it's too late God, i'm not 13 anymore it would still be fun to experience that and i you know i appreciate them for making that effort so yeah I, it looks fun it looks fun i mean I've, I've always kind of subconsciously thought that if you just took the second level of the original halo and expanded it into an open world game it would be just the best halo game yeah. and it looks like mm. that looks like what they're doing exactly so. that yeah <laughs> right no yeah. that would be I, it does seem like maybe the people making halo didn't really have a keen idea of what made that first game so good or maybe you know like different voices in the studio like having having a fight but like i yeah i feel like the that sense of like being in a big open area and having you know exploring halo is like lost in every one of those games so hopefully this game brings it back uh i think we are out of time guys (laughs) all right but we could talk for like five more hours no (laughs) we could talk for five more hours but no Oren, thank you for showing up uh we'll definitely be having you back again in the near future uh it was really good to talk to you good to hear your voice man after all these dms we send yeah (laughs) same here kevin thanks for showing up as always and uh We'll be back soon with more content. We have some some surprises in store that we will uh, we will unveil at a later date. Uh, but yeah, follow us on Instagram, the Jump Crouch, Twitter, the Jump Crouch, maybe Twitch sometimes. I don't know. Go to the website. Oren, plug your plug your YouTube channel, please. You got a ton of videos. Oh, for sure. Um, thanks. Uh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel. It's uh, Oren Luck. It's spelled O R R I N space L U C. And I do a video series called It's Not Just a Video Game, where I study, I, I show how video games are influenced by cinema. So I'll, I'll select a video game and show how it was, pos- how it's possibly connected to another piece of film or how like what a video game is doing is akin to what a film is doing. Um, I actually did six videos this year. I have videos on Death Stranding. 
uh, Resident Evil 2 and David Cronenberg. Um, I have one on uh, Last of Us Part 2 and No Country for Old Men, Hellblade, and Pet the Passion of Joan of Arc. So I have a lot of good stuff. Um, and, I'm, and I also have some videos planned in the future. I'm thinking of just doing a Ghost of Tsushima review. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of stuff on the horizon and excited to get back into it. Sweet, man. Also, special shout out to Madden, who produces our theme song, the, the music that you are hearing right now. You can find Madden at SoundCloud. You can listen to all of his music at soundcloud.com forward slash M-A-D-Y-N. Madden, we love you. 